Welcome to America's Heroes Group podcast with information and resources that's disseminated intentionally to empower our military population with host Vietnam veteran Cliff Kelly and co-host Iraq veteran Colonel Dr. Damon Arnold. And now, America's Heroes Group podcast. And I am so pleased uh, to have our esteemed attorney, our partner and sponsor, Steve J. Seidman. He is a founding attorney of Seidman Law Office, experienced trial lawyer, focused on personal injury and America's Heroes Group sponsor and advisory board member. Uh, today's discussion will be updates on legal issues, and we are so pleased to have you here, Steve. Thank you very much, Doctor. How is everybody today? Great, great. Good. Can you hear me okay? I'm on a cell Excellent. Phone. Excellent. <laughs> Excellent. So, well, thank you for having me. Um, it's always a pleasure to be here and to go through some of the things that are uh, facing veterans. Um, and actually, uh, during the last couple of years, uh, we've had some some issues come up and some progress, I think. Uh, and, and that's a good thing. Um, but we still have a long way to go. And, of course, Tuesday brings an administration a new administration, perhaps, uh, perhaps not. We don't know, obviously. But at this stage, one thing, one focus that we all have to remain uh, with laser focus uh, is is on the veterans. And I'd like to go through a, th- a, f- through a few things. Um, and uh, although a lot changes, a lot doesn't. Uh, this week, in fact, the government paid a million dollars to end the suit over a VA's patient's death. And in that one, Dr. the Mm-hmm. The federal government paid a million dollars in Philadelphia and Pennsylvania, actually, yeah. uh, for negligently administering medication to an opioid uh, patient. Uh, so he was opioid dependent, and uh, they gave him opioids. Uh, that caused cardiac arrest, leading to his death. Mm. Uh, and we see these continuing problems at VAs. Uh, there have been increased staffing, and, and we're going to get into what we call the Mission Act and, and how much that's changed for veterans. Uh, it's been a game changer, actually, in a lot of ways, and I'll explain that in a moment. But still, uh, the future will go back to the past. Uh, and, in fact, uh, there was uh, U.S. lawmakers uh, all the way back at the end of 2018, early 19, sent a letter to the head of the U.S. Department of Veterans Affairs. Uh, and uh, the purpose of the letter is they, they, they were tired of horrific exposure of negligent care occur- occurring at already poorly rated veterans, uh, veterans affairs hospitals, especially Massachusetts, there was one facility that an employee whistleblower uh, told the uh, told told the authorities that uh, apparently uh, the investigators came to investigate that particular uh, place in Brockton, Massachusetts. When they arrived, they found half a dozen staff sleeping, literally sleeping, oh instead goodness. of caring for residents hmm. and uh, Democrats. Uh, from, uh, for instance, Senator Elizabeth Warren and Edward Markley printed, uh, penned a letter, uh, that, that talked about these concerns. The concerns, lapses in VA facilities raise questions about whether concrete lasting measures are being implemented to prevent misconduct from occurring again. So we keep on seeing these things occur and occur and occur. Uh, I mean, when you have sleeping members, uh, staff members, and in fact, if you remember, it, there's a there's there's federal litigation and indictments going on at a nursing home in Jersey uh, and out east, at least uh, VAs. There's been a, a tremendous amount of of loss of life uh, because of COVID 
uh, because of absolute negligence, you know, throwing people together. Uh, and it has been a really continuing problem. My guess is it will continue, and we have to be ever vigilant uh, to to remain proactive in getting these changes made, especially these malpractice situations at the VA, the hospitals, and then, of course, you have the nursing homes. And not only VA nursing homes. I mean, a lot of veterans go into nursing homes for nursing home care, or their loved ones do. And uh, what happens there? They Many times they're malpracticed there because of, of, uh, of, of lack of care. Uh, so it's not only specific to VA nursing homes, and that's where litigation rises and these lawsuits take place. Um, I will tell you that in, in 2019, uh, apparently the VA now, Veterans Administration and their, and their ability to take care of patients, now he has o- over... 397,000 employees today, which is about 50,000 more employees than they had over five years ago. Um, This fiscal year alone, 42,000 new employees have been hired to address increased staffing, meet demand for services, improved access, reduce wait times. And so hopefully it's making some difference. Now, even with that, uh, with that, we could talk about telehealth. Actually, the VA over the last year, because of telehealth, Apparently, has delivered more than two million episodes of tele, tele, telehealth care in fiscal 2019, wow. and more than nine million telehealth visits to wow. date, <laughs> including 1.1 million virtual uh, met, uh, mental health appointments. And we'll get into why that's important because of the suicide rate. But yeah. these are issues that we we should look at towards the future as we're on Zoom. At least part of us are on Zoom and. And uh, it's amazing, the technology, but the telehealth is very important, especially to people who are shut in. For instance, a lot of veterans are in rural America, right? So how do they get, uh, how do they get to a doctor if they have to travel? And, and there are two ways now. Actually, one is by telecommuting, uh, by telehealth, if they have the use of a computer. But the other one is the Mission Act. Now, what's the Mission Act? The Mission Act, another thing that came into uh, actually was signed into law through a lot of, of, of lobbying uh, and everything else. Uh, the Mission Act actually basically fundamentally transformed VA care. Why do I say that? Because when we were sitting here a year ago or two years ago, if uh, you needed care, you had to go to a VA facility. You had to go to a VA doctor. You had to go to a VA specialist. Well, nowadays, because of the Mission Act, which was a, a wide-sweeping a bill, Actually, you could call up the VA, and they would have to refer you to a private doctor if that's what you want. It was signed into law in 2018. It gives permanent uh, real choices over the over veterans' health care decisions. Now veterans have the chance to see a non-VA doctor whenever it's in their best medical interest. Uh, so that's actually, after a year into it, apparently there have been 7 million referrals of people going to doctors because of, of uh, this Mission Act. Now, that's a major thing, because if you recall, um, and, and, you know, over the last year, two years, we've had situations where the care at the VA was, was sub-optimal, uh, let's put it that way, yeah. and actually uh, a lot of people were ignored. Um, uh, and now they could go see specialists in the private sector if they feel that way, if they feel those in the VA facility are not properly caring for them. Now, we know... In the VA, there's many fine doctors, that's for sure. Yes. Um, but, uh, but occasionally, there are, there are lack of, of a certain number of care. There's going to actually be, in my prediction, is in, in the near future, 
urgent care facilities for VA, sort of like the private sector, where which will employ probably private uh, uh, people working in the facilities to treat VA patients along with regular patients. And I think that's that's what VA veterans deserve is the same level of care that people are seeing that uh, that non-veterans have. Um, yes. So that's as we go forward, something to, to definitely look at. And we talked about once, Doctor, if you recall, the burn pits. Yes, the right. Burn yes. Pits. Yes. Yeah. You know what happened in war in Afghanistan and and uh, all over is that when they want to get through and, and burn um, all kinds of things, get rid of uh, contaminated type of, of, of. They used to burn it in a pit, and they burn them in pits. And yes. all the fire, all the fire, the people who were there burning it in pits were. We're, we're military personnel. There weren't, you know, any. So imagine 9-11, if we go back all the way to that horrific time right. in 2001, and, and all the firefighters who were exposed to all those chemicals and toxins. Truthfully, there's not much difference between what the people in the burn pits were exposed to and what the 9-11 people were. For instance, uh, I did a little research on this and found out that uh, Agent Orange, uh, there, there were some uh, kind of discarded Agent Orange that were burned, depleted uranium, mm-hmm. and they were actually gotten rid of in open air burn pits. Mm-hmm. So, um, what? What? The point is, if any veterans who are listening um, have any uh, claims, and, and what are those claims? Well, they could be anything from Parkinson's disease. Uh, they could be uh, a number of potential claims caused by exposure. Um, and toxic, toxic exposure, um, they should definitely file claims with the VA. They could submit a claim, submit it. The presump- there's a presumptions. They're not required to gain benefit. In other words, you, you could file the claim if there was environmental exposure during deployment that may, may be associated with both immediate and delayed adverse health consequences. There's no time limit for submitting such claims. So those people who might have been in burnt pits 10, 15 years ago, if they're having these issues, do not hesitate to file the claim uh, with with the VA because you might be able to uh, recover for that. And then, then we talk about, well, what about grandchildren and children and, you know, spouses who were, were exposed? For instance, Agent Orange. I mean, what about the military spouses, the children or grandchildren who have become ill due to the herbicides such as Agent Orange and other toxic substances. And I think in the next couple of years, what we have to focus on are, are for instance, there are four presumptive conditions that, that the uh, National Academy of Medicine is asking to be an, added to the Agent Orange list. Uh, for instance, um, uh, they're, they're an expansion of the list, even though it's so uh, find so so long after the actual exposure to those vets. Uh, from January to the end of August, the VA received a total of uh, 66,853 claims, wow. um, and um, they paid in retroactive compensation and survivor benefits over $629 million. So the money is out there, and it's very important that if there are veterans who have these issues – to do what they can. I, I know I'm going sort of fast, a lot of ground to cover. Yes, uh, but <laughs> great. Though. The next is, is the caregiver assistance program. I want the vets to know about that. And um, that went in uh, actually on September 11, 2001. 
subsequent to that terrible day, uh, anybody who was injured, uh, military personnel that required support family caregivers for disabled, severely disabled veterans is entitled to federal money so that those caregivers can be paid appropriately. Appropriately. So um, I don't think that that's out there publicly. A lot of people may not know about it, um, but severely disabled veterans have a right to modify their homes to make their lives easier. Uh, and uh, there is, uh, it's called the Ryan Cools and Paul Benny Specially Adaptive Housing Improvement Act. So it's got a long name, but there is actually a Housing Improvement Act that increased the cap on grants awarded to some veterans to purchase or adapt their homes and let their apply for funding, let them apply for funding. So that's all part of this litigation or, or bills that have been passed, among others, through the course of time, uh, has really been um, a, a very helpful thing. The Mission Act, mm-hmm. which you know I think is a game changer for medical care, I don't know how many actual VA people or veterans know about that, and we've got to pass the word. Uh, finally, uh, the sexual harassment is going to be the, the hot-button topic as we go far further into things. Um, and as it looks like right now, um, the, uh, there are changes being made. Uh, there's a stand-up and stop harassment now. Um, and uh, the VHA uh, has, uh, has intervention programs. There's a sexual assault accountability investigation task force. And, of course, all of this has started, if you recall, because of this terrible sexual assault. And for years, and our executive producer, Glenda Smith, has been very actively trying to get the word out for many years now. Yes. But finally, uh, but unfortunately, due to some tragic circumstances, mm-hmm. finally, sexual assault is being, you know, not just looked at in discrimination, not just given the once over. It's actually getting some focus. Yeah, to, thanks to people like Glenda and others, uh, but sexual assault in the ranks is a crisis, and this is something that during the next period of time we need to take on head on. And I think that's very, very important for veterans. Oh, that's that's incredibly important, Steve. You know, and you know, I just want to make a few comments and then uh, ask you a question. But one of the things is that, you know, first of all, the caregiver assistance program is so critically important with our returning veterans now because many of them have disabilities and they need to have that assistance with their homes and making sure they have a place they can live in peace. And then also the uh, when you were talking about the burn pits, you know, there is a latency period when you uh, get exposed to chemicals. So I'm really glad that you emphasize that point. Get enrolled now so that, you know, you don't know what's going to happen in the future, 10 years, 20 years from now. Uh, we The same thing happened with Agent Orange. We started to see that unfold over time for our Vietnam veterans. And then you, um, you were mentioning uh, the sexual harassment, which should never be tolerated in any uh, form whatsoever within our society or within the military. And the military should be setting the example for how society should be leading itself as well. And there is uh, the one question I have for you is that the Mission Act uh, with outside doctors, how does that really play into things now? Because uh, if I go to an outside doctor and I have uh, disability benefits that I have to process and that kind of thing, how does that uh, sort of jive with uh, the traditional VA model? Well, it's interesting and it's a work in progress, but the way it works, it's like it's a specialty. So if you need a specialist, 
that's where they're sending people to. So suppose mm-hmm. at the at the VA, you, you they they find out you may have a lesion on your kidney. Yes. And so they want you to see a nephrologist, and the nephrologist you want to see is at one of the major institutions, Rush, Northwestern, University of Chicago. You have a right to go there. As far as the daily benefits and the daily processing of forms, you're probably going to still have to stay within the VA system. And the reason is they're more probably uh, focused on getting things done easily throughout the bureaucracy, of knowing what to file, what forms to file okay. to keep your disability going. Uh, but if you want to see that that doctor, you can. I mean, theoretically, if you have a sore throat, you could ask the VA physician to refer you to a specialist to have that sore sore throat looked at. Yeah. That was a non-entity, and nothing that yeah. never existed in in the past. Okay, well, we're running out of time, Steve, and I, we have got to have you back multiple times. <laughs> Every time you come in, it's like hearing someone from uh, heaven talking to us, uh, giving us the direction. And I want to thank you for your service to the veterans as well, because without people like you, uh, we would be completely lost uh, most of the time. So just well, thank you for your words you of wisdom. <laughs> yeah, thank you too, Doctor. You've been uh, a, a great supporter over the years, and, and I know that Um, the veterans are very lucky to have you on your side. I know you are a veteran, but still, um, they are very lucky. Thank Thank you. you. Thank you, Steve. Okay, Uh, we're going to move on. We have have now uh, a commercial uh, break, but I want all those people who are staying on board to stay with us. And remember, if you really need to get something done legally, uh, there's only one person I can think of is a a certain person named uh, Stephen J. Seidman. (laughs) Make sure that you go to look at the law office practices of uh, Seidman, Seidman Margulis, uh, he is uh, actually, uh, uh, sorry, Seidman, Margulis, and Fairman. And again, his uh, t- office number is 312-781-1977. Uh, extremely important for you to come forward early and make sure you get your paperwork together. Okay, uh, thank you. Thank you for listening to America's Heroes Group Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you won't miss an episode. And for more details, visit americashg.org.